everything that has come my way and dare I say success so far has come through being my authentic self and through bringing my authentic self to every situation and saying this is who I am this is what I know this is what I can do I deserve to be here and not letting anyone kind of bring you down for anything they might perceive as a fault because what one person perceives as a fault could be your greatest strength. Welcome to the Access VFX podcast. Pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness and opportunity in VFX, animation and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects, animation and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Hello, I hope you had or are having a restful festive break. I'm Simon, founder and director of Access VFX, and welcome to season two, episode six of the Access VFX podcast. On each episode, we interview a different member of the VFX animation and games community and ask them a range of questions from the AVFX vault. Every week, we invite talented folks from the world of visual effects, animation and games, including heavyweights and those just getting started in the industry, and ask them about their journey from humble beginnings, big breaks and learnings through to shamelessly mining their brains for career advice and their thoughts on how we can create a more inclusive and diverse creative community. In this episode, as we promised near peer guests, I had the pleasure of interviewing Steph Preston, digital marketing apprentice at Blue Zoo Animation Studio. Steph and I recorded this on Zoom in early December and we had such a rich conversation. I have to admit, I do get overexcited on this episode. As you know, we speak to a lot of artists and producers on the pod, so exploring the craft of digital marketing through the lens of an animation studio was a rare treat. So sit back, relax, and we very much hope you enjoy episode six of the Access VFX podcast. Hello and welcome to the Access VFX podcast, season two, episode six. It's me, Simon Devereaux, and I'm joined today by a new addition to our visual effects animation and games community, having joined Blue Zoo Animation as digital marketing apprentice in May this year, 2021. Also an active member of Apprenticeship Network Multiverse, it's Steph Preston. That wasn't take three, everybody. It was the first take, I promise. Welcome to the podcast, Steph. How are you? It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. I don't like using the term entry level. It kind of demeans the role, but you're very much a a new member of the community. And this is the first episode out of the stocks where we're not speaking to a supposed name, big name. Uh, And I'm sure you've you've, you've created a a decent reputation already, Steph. I should also note that you're our first non-CG artist, producer. You come from the world of digital marketing, which I'm keen to hear more about. Um, uh, How are you? How's things? How's Blue Zoo treating you? Brilliant. Yeah, it's been amazing. Definitely been a whirlwind of the past six, seven months. Um, Yeah, right starting remotely, meeting everyone in person finally. It's been a bit hectic, but brilliant. So what's your world like at the moment? Are you mostly working from home still? Is it? Are you into a hybrid situation now? Yeah, so we do hybrid. So I and my manager, Grace, are in the studio once a week at least, and the other days I'll just work from home. Brilliant. And how are you finding that? I mean, how, is, how have you found your, I guess, your you embedding into the, the, the community of Blues or Animation? I keep using the word community a lot, but how have you found <laughs> that transition, I guess? Because I'm a COVID starter. I started my current role completely 
on lockdown as well. And I'm, I'm keen to hear what that experience has been like for you. I found it really, really easy because Blue Zoo kind of helped set everything up, get everything ready. So that on the first day, it was just hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely been interesting talking to people for a few months online and then you meet them in person and it's like, so that's what you look like in real life. Or I finally got a face to put to the name. Interesting. And how was the recruitment experience? Because yeah, I, I've got some experience of working in apprentice recruitment and uh, oh, right. very, very excited to continue to be part of that. But I'd love to hear about how the recruitment experience was like and how you got on radar. And Yeah, so I personally applied for my role through Blue Zoo themselves. But with Multiverse, you can apply for apprenticeships directly through them. Okay. And they can then help to match you up with employers. But I applied through Blue Zoo. I think it was a couple of weeks later, I found out I was successful and had my first interview with one of the recruitment team and with my current manager, Grace, uh, marketing manager at Blue Zoo. And then I found out the same day after my interview that I had been successful in gaining a second interview. And that one would be with Tom, co-founder, managing director of Blue Zoo, as well as Grace again, my manager. And then a few hours later, found out I was successful. So it was a it was a really smooth, quick process from applying mm-hmm. to finding out I was successful. And then it was two weeks after finding out I was successful to starting the role. So it was a really wow. nice kind of smooth transition. Wow, quite a whirlwind as well. Smooth, a smooth whirlwind of uh, <laughs> especially considering to offer. Especially considering I finished college a month and a half before I started the role so I was still applying for all of these jobs whilst I was finishing my course at college Mm -hmm. and then had a couple of weeks break and just went straight into it brilliant best way exactly what drove your application so is there what what was the most important thing was was it around digital marketing or was it about working for a creative company I mean did were, were you keen on this particular industry or did you have a number of different options on the table at the time there was definitely a mix of places that I was looking to apply to but I found the most consistent thing was I really wanted a creative company who values their employees I think that was one of my biggest and probably the determining factor when I was applying because it at the end of the day affects how you work and how you interact with people if I couldn't feed off of other people's creativity then you're almost stuck in a role yeah yeah it's all about culture isn't it I think that's what you know, that's what that's, that says to me is a company that mm. you, know, you, you thrive in a, in a culture, don't you? A good culture, obviously, not in a, not in a, a negative culture. Not that the, there's not that many of them around. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I love that. A creative company that values its employees. So, uh, yeah, great. Well, I mean, the Blue Zoo are a great company. So it's a great start for your for what will I'm sure will be a long a long and fruitful career so moving into the podcast so you know we always like a little bit of chit chat at the start and what we tend to do with this podcast is we open up the access vfx vault and uh, we we go through our set of questions so currently it stands at 21 questions that we power through and and the first question is name and where you're from hi I'm Steph Preston. I'm from Blue Zoo Animation Studio, currently in North Greenwich in London, but originally uh, from Maidenhead over in Berkshire, so not too far. Excellent. Excellent. North Greenwich, nice part of the world. And the second question, fast becoming my favourite question on the podcast, is the three words that describe you. So we've just talked about selection processes and interviews. Uh, It doesn't very (laughs) much feel like an interview question, but you know, what three words describe you, Steph? Oh, good one. Definitely have to go with ambitious driven 
it's always the struggle, isn't it? To find yeah. the third one. What have I got so far? Ambitious. Ambitious and driven. And driven. We'll go with creative. Ambitious, driven, creative. I love that. Um, creative comes up a lot, not in this particular question, right. but we talk a lot about creativity. And, you know, mm. when I first got into this, this game, um, when I used to think about creativity, I would think about art and the work mm. and, you know, being creative. And the more conversations we've had, we've started to get into actually creativity is about problem solving and it's about collaborating and working with your peers and coming up with great solutions not just this wonderful perfect thing you see on a screen or a piece of content and what does it mean to you Steph you know why did you choose creative as part of your three your three words I think it's all about thinking outside of the box mm. you can't there's no one way to be creative or to have a creative mind um or to create a piece of art I think art to sound like a cliche art is what you make it mm -hmm. it's in the eye of the beholder and to me creativity is not being afraid to take risks and try something new just go for it and really whatever you do throw yourself into it i love that i love that yeah taking taking brave risks is is what creativity is all about and um you talked about kind of new and we you know when i think about creativity i think of fresh perspectives and i think about the reason why access vfx exists which is about inclusion and diversity and just bringing difference together to create magic because if you're surrounded by people who see the world like you then it just becomes a very boring place to be which then goes back to your original question around a creative company that that, that cares about its people right so uh, another fast favorite of mine question wise is the the alien question which is uh you know you're being visited by extraterrestrials just another another day day in the life uh, you get a knock on as the door well. and yeah right as per and uh you have to explain what you do to a living to a an alien how do you go about doing that oh good one again i would say i i show what blues is all about and I help to demonstrate our artists' amazing capabilities and talent and showcase that to the world using our online presence, using this weird little thing called the internet. <laughs> yeah, there, there may be a lot of questions off the back of the internet, which could be a, a real yeah. challenge, uh, explaining the internet <laughs> to an alien. But yeah, I think that's, I like that, I like that. I like the, the piece around there, around showing the capabilities of, of, of your artists. We talk a lot on this podcast around the idea of like the behind the curtain stuff like yeah. you know i'm very familiar yeah. with the content right of blue zoo you know i think it's incredible mm. i was brand new to the industry i never knew a single thing about animation before i joined the role mm -hmm. and now i've had six seven months of nothing but being exposed to behind the scenes and mm -hmm. seeing how everything works and what they do and so again it's been a whirlwind but it's been great seeing the behind the scenes and what goes into every piece that is put out yeah i mean what an edu a huge education isn't it i mean i can't imagine yeah. what you're learning right now i mean it, it must feel like willy wonka's chocolate factory or something just kind of <laughs> experiencing all of this stuff you know so much going on at one point but it's brilliant because you're just kind of you're chucked into it mm. and you're immersed in the world of animation. And so that is all you think about, it's all you see. And it's brilliant to be able to kind of understand everything and talk to people within the role, but then also have to understand that so I can then get that across to the public. 
Yeah, yeah. Again, almost kind of uh, going back to the question, isn't it, about explaining what you do to an alien? I mean, you know, the term yeah. alien could be, you know, you know, we, we talk about all kinds of subject matter that's alien to us and, you know, the behind the scenes of any visual effects show, piece of animation, you know, computer game. Yeah, it's great. And you get to do that. You get to, exp you literally get to explain what you do, what Blue Zoo do to aliens exactly. all the time, arguably which exactly. is super exciting. I love that. What a great answer. Um, I'd love to hear what you wanted to be when you grew up. So when you were, you were coming up as a youngster, what was it you wanted to do? What didn't I want to do? <laughs> every, every month it would change or every week. One, I always thought I would be a lawyer. Okay. And now I look back on that and I think I couldn't be further from that, but I love it. Okay. And as I grew up, I kind of it then evolved from lawyer into being an actor into doing something theatrical and I definitely think that has now translated into digital marketing and working on brands and creative projects and that is I found my niche that I love sorry that was a really long-winded answer no it's an interesting one. no a lawyer <laughs> to actor is an interesting one isn't it I mean yeah, I can, see the, I can see the attraction of the legal work. You know, I've always been fascinated by legal language. I love how yes. lawyers articulate themselves and create arguments. Uh, but I love the again comes back to kind of you know wanting to do something creative, doesn't it? I guess whether it's the, the legal angle, the the, the mm. hardcore acting angle, and I think there's a nice For blend sure. of that in what you do now. Yeah, yeah. definitely. There's a mix of the business and the creativity. Exactly. There you go. This is this is poetic. Um, so um, what made you choose going back to formative years? What made you choose the, I guess, the educational establishment you went to, whether it was college, university? You know, what made you pursue that, that particular avenue at the time? Yeah, so I obviously completed GCSEs and then went into a sixth form college purely because it was the independence of a college over a sixth form. And I originally did a year of A-levels. I did drama, psychology and politics. And then I realised A-levels weren't for me. Switched to BTEC business course, which is brilliant. That was when I really narrowed it down to digital marketing that I enjoyed because you do modules from everything, every functional area of business. And then digital marketing kind of resonated with me. And so I finished that course in March of this year, March 2021, and applied for and got the role at Blue Zoo a mm. month and a half later. Excellent. So the driving factor there, I what I'm, what I'm hearing is the uh, that kind of moment midway, I guess, through your A-levels. Mm. And it's like, no, I'm out. And yeah, I respect that because a lot of people, me included, I did A-levels and just carried on and had the worst grades mm. and I, something I probably could have done. And I ended up doing a B-Tech as well. But um, I love the idea that you, not the idea, the reality that you went, okay, not for me. What else can I do? And then you get that deep dive, I guess, with the B-Tech don't you? You get to actually do mm. something, you know, that not resonates, but you know, something that means something. It's, it's real. It's real world stuff. Like A levels, you're still doing English literature and you know, general mm. studies. That's my memory of A levels anyway. <laughs> but any a B tech for me at the time, and I'm sure sure for you, Steph, was about right. You, it's a, you can apply this to the world of work. Exactly. It was a lot more hands on than A levels. Mm. A levels. And obviously drama, not so much, but most of them are really essay based. Whereas in business, even though a lot of it was essays, you've then got presentations as your assignments or you've got different tables and spreadsheets you've got to do. And 
one of my overall projects was running an event and we did a carol service and it just kind of it gives you that real world knowledge of being able to apply something to a situation even if you're imagining it you're able to apply it and then i love how that btech then snake nicely to yeah, find <laughs> for apprenticeships exactly as, as an a-level student i had never considered apprenticeships i was really focused on the uni route and even until the beginning of this year i thought okay i'll go to uni that's mm. what i want to do and then it really kind of dawned on me that there are all of these amazing apprenticeships out there and there were so many opportunities and that i could get a qualification be paid to work and not have to pay for any of the qualification yeah it it kind of seems like almost too good to be true but the perfect opportunity it's such i mean i'm such an advocate for apprenticeships um having mm. having worked on programs uh previous to working in the visual effects industry you know i worked in the tv industry and was was lucky enough to to help launch launch some careers um way way back and just seeing that value of you know you still get all of the the bells and whistles of what people enjoy about university right you, the social mm. element you get to meet cool people you get to build firm friendships you still get to do that in yeah. that, that apprenticeship you're not missing out on you know character building experiences you're, you're still doing it but you get to especially working in creative industries you get to work for these incredible brands i mean yeah i'm so excited for your role at blue zoo because you get to work for blue zoo animation it's an incredible uh, business it's an incredible brand that does incredible work and that's your first that's the first um notch on your linkedin profile you know in many ways exactly and it's mega and it's so cool it's, it's still a pinch me moment like seven months later mm. because i think and i'm I just think to myself, I'm working for the people who animated my childhood, essentially, showing just how young I am. And I know some people in the company hate me for saying this, but I was born in 2002 after Blue Zoo was even founded. And so I grew up watching Blue Cow and Tree Food Tom and all of their other projects. And Amazing. so it's just been brilliant working for them. Wow. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything about your date of birth because uh, I was just make you incredibly <laughs> ancient. But yeah, I love that frame of reference. There, I love that frame of reference. That that is what you grew up with. It was that incredible content that you 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 watched as a as a kid, and now here you are. Uh, on the apprenticeship side of things, I'm interested to know were you aware of apprenticeships as an option when you were doing your whether it was your A levels or your B tech? Did you know that you could follow this path that was traditionally reserved for you know i guess more construction type kind of roles you know typically when you when i was growing up apprenticeships were where you could be a joiner or a fitter or a builder or you could work in you know at your hands-on work carpentry um and i'm not demeaning any of those trades i mean they're all I mean, we all you know they're all, they're all much needed but um what was your what was your knowledge of apprenticeships at the time i think as you just described it i growing up i always had this kind of idea that it was mainly for really hands-on construction based roles i mean my dad did an apprenticeship when he had finished his um o levels and i kind of i knew there was that option but it never really dawned on me just how many roles there were with that and how many opportunities there were within apprenticeships mm -hmm. um and i kind of started to learn more during a levels and then during my btec course that was when they really kind of they really tried to showcase the range of apprenticeships that were out there and were saying you don't have to go to university if you don't want to because there are so many apprenticeship roles out there that will give you the same qualification if not even higher 
um, with all of the same skills. That well, we need we need more of that. I think it still it still shocks me a little bit to hear that that still it's still not common knowledge because it's the world. Mm. For me, at least, it's the world that I live in that is it's an absolute viable option uh, as well as mm. I would say even more attractive than than the university route in some in some cases, depending on what it is you want to do. But um, yeah, hundred percent. Excellent, and you're living you're living proof that it's a it's a it's a it's a tangible route. Um, so we've talked about your your break a little bit, but it would be remiss of me not to ask the question: How did you break into industry? Is there anything else to add to that that break um, that we've not covered already? I would just say I went for it. I thought the worst that's going to happen if I apply for Blue Zoo is they say no, mm. and I don't get an interview, and I went through each of my applications from wherever I applied for, just thinking, even if someone at the company sees my name, brilliant. And it's just taking the risk and just trying yeah. something. I mean, I again, I knew nothing about animation and here I am working for an animation studio. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah. It's such, that's why I think it's so important that we have guests like you on this podcast, Steph, because you know, it's an incredible industry. I, I have never worked on on the box. I've never created um, visual effects content. You know, I came from the world of freelance illustration way back and and then fell into HR roles and just kind of followed my career, you know, and I, I love working for these great companies that I've, you know, I'm lucky to have worked for the companies I've worked for and I've, I've, I've fallen in love with uh, the product. It goes back to what you said earlier about working for a company that A is super creative and does incredible work, but also kind of cares about its people. And there's something so rewarding about, you know, whether it's a commercial or a TV show or a film and you get to say, well, that's what we do. That's what we create. It makes people happy and, you know, creates joy in the world, you know? So, and, okay. and, and you don't have to have aspirations to actually make the content, but you can, like your role is about mm. showcasing that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I have definitely suffered my fair share of imposter syndrome, thinking, wow, everyone's uber talented here. And I just, <laughs> I'm the digital marketing apprentice who puts their work out. But it's all, it, again, it's all relative and creativity and art is relative and it's what you make it. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's two completely different roles and being able to showcase the breadth of talent that we have whilst also learning myself and putting my own content out there it's a great mix it really is really is um so we're going to move in on that actually we're going to start talking about the work and uh this is another mm. question that often gets uh i'm not going to say misinterpreted um but <laughs> people can draw different meanings from it so uh what's been your favorite job oh now that you've not told me how you want to interpret it it's very open no, but i mean i did that <laughs> I, I mean, Blue Zoo is my first ever full-time role. Mm. I'd only ever worked part-time in retail and hospitality before this. Mm. And I must say, I definitely prefer working full-time at Blue Zoo to working <laughs> retail and hospitality. That's fair. Not going to knock anyone because they've, they've been the people who have helped get us through these past two years. Yeah. Um, in terms of projects, I was really lucky enough to work on the Young Animator of the Year UK competition mm, and um, online club. Um, obviously, access, supported by Access VFX um, and Blue Zoo. And it, 
it was really eye-opening because my second day at Blue Zoo, I was told, you're handling the social media and online presence for this. And I thought, how am I, a 19-year-old, handling the presence for something so massive? And it really spawned into this amazing project and online community of being able to meet all of these really talented young animators and be able to showcase their work and build this community for them. And the feedback afterwards was amazing from parents saying it really helped their kids develop their talent or their confidence or meet new friends who are into animation and just seeing the positive impact you have on people um, and kind of affirming everything they've done up to this point has been really, really rewarding. Brilliant. And what a great program. And thank you. I should thank you for, for <laughs> supporting for supporting it as well. Cause yeah, we were we were involved along with uh with FDME and, and Screen Skills mm. and, and the rest of the folk as you know. And and um, it means so much to people, right? I mean, like like you say, it's not the first time I've heard that feedback, but you know, all of the work mm. that we do, whether it's through the, the through the Yay program, which uh, listeners can uh, discover through the Dex VFX website or it has its own yeah. website, uh, the young animator of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know that there's, uh, you know, it's creative work for people. I mean, I know that uh, the last last year's uh, program, there's, I believe, somebody working at Blue Zoo as a result. So, yeah, one of our winners from last year is now, so Josh, who won um, the Summer of Animation last year, is now, I believe, he's a junior generalist here at Blue Zoo, which amazing is amazing because it speaks to the sheer, not only the sheer talent of the entrance, but also how much it positively affects people mm-hmm. totally totally well thank you for sharing that and uh, a great a great example correct answer i'm going to say for that one <laughs> <laughs> um so uh on the flip side of that and we try not to be too negative on on this podcast but what is the um what's the uh, the worst or most challenging job you've ever had um probably throw it back to retail um working retail at christmas it's a necessary evil for people um yeah, in there yeah a lot of experience meet a lot of different types of people but I've definitely found especially as a queer person it's not always the best in such really? a public facing role but equally I think every job I've had has taught me something every job has furthered my career at some point mm-hmm. um so I don't think of them I don't think any of the jobs or projects even that I've had have been awful or bad or the worst yeah I, I completely hear that and I think there's um there's a there's a piece there around you know all those kind of early roles you know the first jobs mm. are there's 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 a there's character building there there's challenges <laughs> as you said um there's weird rites of passage that you have to kind of do that work and I've been there I worked yeah. hotel for years coming up and it was particularly at Christmas Christmas time is mm. uh, is brutal um and yeah, I completely hear that. But it, it, it's it's nice to hear that you, you've you've taken those as experiences, and that's part of who you are, right? It's part of mm. you know, like like I said, the, the term character building. You know, you go through those experiences, and they it, it, you choose how you react to them. I guess. Cool. Well, thank you for leaning into that one. We're moving into the a little bit of a geeky bit now, so you get to talk about all these the great shows and projects that you work on, Steph. You know, now that you've been in industry for over six months, uh, do you have a, uh, a hero of animation? Or It's almost too early to say, but I mean, what's brilliant with Blue Zoo is um, we often will have people from other 
um, areas of the industry or from other companies come in and do talks. And we got to watch a few months ago, James Baxter animating something live, which was brilliant because again, he's he's kind of animated everything I grew up watching. Um, worked on so many Disney films and I thought, I am not only surrounded by industry professionals, but I get to watch it as it happens. Amazing. Do you have any uh, kind of talk about industry professionals? Do you has any? Have you, do you have any internal mentors or anything you've lent on? Anybody you've lent on as a informal or formal mentor so far in your career? Mm. So I, through Multiverse, my apprenticeship provider, I was really lucky to take part in their mentoring scheme, and I was partnered with. Um, the senior growth manager at a company called Tortoise Media. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was founded by uh, various journalists and editors from various media publications. And my mentor, Gajinda, has really helped me focus on my place within the company and the world and r- has really helped me network as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I went to a launch party for their new festival, Kite Festival, the other week. And I was rubbing shoulders with journalists and editors and politicians. And I thought, I wouldn't be doing this at university. I wouldn't have yeah. had this mentoring scheme if I had gone to university. Yeah. Now that's, again, these are great platforms, aren't they? There's so many like really strong plat- mentoring pra- uh, platforms out there. Of course, I'm mm. going to plug the Access VFX one, which I always do at the end of, of the podcast course. anyway. But there's so many. Next Gen Skills Academy recently launched a, a really interesting mentoring program. And of course, yeah, mm. uh, the, the, the multiverse program as well, having having uh, you know, I'm familiar with, with, with I'm familiar with their work. Um, it's uh, <laughs> incredible. And it does, like you say, it creates these platforms. You know, university mm. and you know, I'm not, I'm not um, I'm not being negative about university, having been a been through it myself. Um, but you don't get those opportunities to you don't go network networking events when you're at university. Maybe you do. No. I don't know. I mean I'm happy <laughs> to be corrected, but um it's definitely not high on the agenda. And you know, mm. you, you like you say you've already been, you've been with Blue Zoo for a short amount of time and already, you know, you you know, you, you have a network, you know, whether it be through what you've yeah. done with multiverse uh, and this wider network that you're building um uh, in your, your professional career now. I just think it's really mm. exciting, you know. Um, yeah it's incredible and the opportunities I've had as well like as an apprentice have been amazing Mm. I mean last week I met Holly Branson which was amazing and I would have never been able to do that through university um I've met Ewan Blair um Mm. son of Tony Blair but more in his own right founder of Multiverse Mm -hmm. um and again from Tortoise Media Liz Mosley who uh, was the former CMO of Cam Lions International Festival of Creativity. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure I get that one right. Okay. Um, and again, all of these opportunities are through being an apprentice. Amazing, amazing. Well, uh, I'm glad we're, I think we're selling in apprenticeships nicely on this episode. So <laughs> thank you, Steph. For sure. So I did promise the geeky element. So we've talked a bit about heroes. Um, I want to talk a bit about uh, the best animation you've ever seen the best piece of animation you've seen to date and it doesn't have to be blue zoo but it can be or it can be uh, anything that you've grown up with but you know for me what's the best uh, the best and a piece of animation you've seen oh now that's the difficult one um it really is so difficult to kind of narrow down definitely the past few months having worked at blue zoo i've appreciated everything i watch tenfold because I understand the work that goes into everything 
And so I'm finding it really difficult to narrow it down. I'm, I must say, I love Bluesy's work. I, as a kid, I grew up watching it. And so watching things like number blocks and alpha blocks now, I can appreciate everything that goes into it. Um, and working, being able to see other projects that Blues are working on. I can mention that we're working on Big Tree City at the moment. It has been announced, so I know I can say that, <laughs> um, for Netflix. And so seeing the work that goes into that is brilliant. Mm. And I'm not going to say much more than that because I don't want to get shouted at by anyone. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, let's uh, let's move on then. So um, what show stands out as an animation masterclass? What is the pinnacle of the art form, do you think, for you? Having been at Blue Zoo for six plus months, what yeah. is up there as a, as a just the the oscar worthy you know the thing to strive for oh again i'm struggling but it's there's a huge amount i mean the adventures of paddington has been brilliant yeah um because i've got to see everything that goes into it and we have published an article recently um looking at the look dev the look development of some of the textures in the adventures of paddington and you really begin to appreciate all of the work um, and time that goes into developing the look of clouds or developing the look of snow in certain shows. Um, and The Adventures of Paddington is great because you've got these really animated, expressive characters with beautiful backgrounds. Yeah, it is a gorgeous looking TV show. Isn't it? it is. And I'm not yeah. feeling pressure to say that just because I work for Bluesy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, good. No, it's a good example, and uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you've mentioned uh, the Adventures of Paddington because I, I remember um, in talking to Tom about it before it dropped, and and the early shots that I seen. Obviously, I didn't get to see behind the curtain, but uh, as, as you do, but mm. um, but it just looked lovely. Like it, you know, it's just yeah. a really nice looking piece yeah. of TV, television. Bottom line, it's so cozy and just really like heartwarming. Absolutely. These are good examples. These are strong. So uh, uh, the, the, the last pe- the, the last geeky one, and we'll move on. Um, I'm sure nobody will shout at you. Don't worry, Steph, is um, best piece of character design for you. What's the best piece? of? And it can be across the whole gambit of visual effects, animation or games, you know, for you. What's a great what's a great character realized? Oh, there's so many. What a right. wide question. It is wide. There's... You can throw in some honorable mentions if you like. As someone who doesn't, who isn't an animator or artist, this is a difficult one. Um, But I, I mean, I just kind of, I admire the realism that goes into VFX. Um, Not necessarily a character, but the uh, ABBA's new um, project, ABBA Voyage, Mm -hmm. seeing the motion capture that then translates into these 3D realizations of them absolutely blew my mind because you're seeing you're seeing the young versions of ABBA but it was recorded by their current like by the current members of ABBA it's just been brilliant watching their teasers and their trailers. Runa had a few of these these podcast episodes out now and lots of different Mm. answers and there's been uh, some interesting conversations I think uh, in our first episode Jim Godden talks about um, Marvel and how yeah. they are you're taking a character that already exists yeah and then you are 
you know, re reimagining it for the big screen, you know, with uh, somebody acting them out. You know, you've got all these kind of mm. A-list actors doing it. And, and in many ways, your, your example is similar in that you take a, 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 popular, a popular band um, <laughs> who've been around for a long time. And, uh, and then again, there's a, a, there's a reimagining happening there and a reinterpretation for a new, new I guess, yeah, an old audience, but also a new audience as well who wouldn't have grown mm. up with, with that with that that band and, and what you do with that through the lens of, of visual effects so i think it's a i like that we're going to move into the the advice bit now so we've got a few questions uh, with different takes on the industry uh, and career advice and, and diversity and inclusion um, and we kick off with the best piece of advice you've ever received so it's the big one what's the big what's the big golden nugget that you've received either from you know, a teacher or parent or an employer. As I mentioned earlier, the worst thing that's going to happen is they say no. Mm. So yeah. just do it, submit that application, send that email, because the worst that happens is someone sees your name yeah. within this industry or company and you're, you're still left an impression. They're still going to have yeah. seen your CV or your application. So there's no negatives you're not losing anything by submitting an email or an application. Such good advice. I've preached this, um, not that you're preaching, Steph, but I've preached <laughs> the, the, the idea of they can you know, just go for it. Like you said earlier, they can just say no. And it's mm. so hard to take it on yourself, if that makes sense. Like, 100%. It's so true. They can just say no. They, what's the worst yeah. that can happen? It's classic. It goes back, you know, generations, that advice what's the mm. worst that can happen they, they're going to say no and they're going to move on to the next one and then you you're going to move on as well but you've, you've gone you've gone for it we've, mm. we've talked a lot on this podcast about just make stuff if you want to be a, a digital yeah. marketeer or you want to be a if you want to be an animator or producer just do make some stuff mm. what's, what's the worst that can happen so i think that's that's really really good advice you mentioned um imposter syndrome earlier uh and it's something mm. we, all, we all struggle with uh in, in varying degrees um have you ever felt out of your depth i hate to say it but most of the time at blue zoo i'm still i still experience imposter syndrome and i still think how have i ended up here but equally yeah. kind of flipping that on its head you've then got to think well hang on what is my role how do i fit into the company or the scenario or what you're doing and how is that different to these people these artists these animators because everyone is talented in their own right you've got to differentiate so you're not comparing yourself to people who aren't on the same role or uh, at another stage in their career and it goes back to you know you you deserve to be there like anyone else like mm. it's something that you know i've struggled with pretty much my whole career and it's such rubbish like you have yeah. you, you know so the, the best leaders you talk about culture and values earlier and the best leaders hire people that are better than them or you assemble a group of people that can do the stuff that you can't do so you can be successful so exactly everybody has their place and then you have the idea of you know you've mentioned that you're 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 young and you're starting out in your career and you're suffering from syndrome mm. it doesn't matter you actually the reason you're on this podcast is we can learn as much from you who's been in industry six to seven months for, uh, <laughs> at the same time as somebody who's a, a chief executive or a founder of a, of a studio like it's the perspectives are as relevant you know is that fair to say yeah definitely and through the apprenticeship and through the yay uk um initiative and through the outreach that blue zoo does it's 
it's given me a platform to not only showcase the artists and all of the talent they have, but also say there are other routes into the industry. I'm a 19 year old breaking into the industry and it's not necessarily in an artistic role. And that's, that's powerful. That is so Mm. powerful. There's an assumption that, you know, these kind of companies aren't open to you because Mm. I'm not an artist or producer. I can't make that incredible content. And it's really it can be quite um, intimidating, you know, to yeah. work for a big studio, whether it be animation or visual effects or games. It's like, oh my word, how how on earth could I fit in to a company that does this? But all companies, and I know it sounds obvious to say it, but have marketing teams, they have HR departments and talent teams and, and incredible finance teams who are managing budgets and, you know, the list goes on, engineers, IT folk, you know. it's mm. it, it takes everybody to create, this content you know the job doesn't happen doesn't make it to the screen unless somebody's sorting the budget out or Mm. wrangling all of the stakeholders so I think um like I said at the start it's so cool to have uh, not just an apprentice on 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 the podcast but somebody who doesn't work in a what is supposedly a traditional VFX VFXy role so thank you for for leaning into the imposter syndrome question um so we talked about aliens earlier so we're going to create another uh, scenario where you get into with the your back to the future DeLorean and you go back in time uh which isn't too far (laughs) <laughs> if that's fair to say <laughs> and you get to visit your uh, early teenage self and um what advice would you give yourself if you could go back in time oh good one um be unashamedly yourself i've made that sound really poetic and aspirational but everything that has come my way and dare i say success so far has come through being my authentic self and through bringing my authentic self to every situation and saying, this is who I am. This is what I know. This is what I can do. I deserve to be here and not letting anyone kind of bring you down for anything they might perceive as a fault because what one person perceives as a fault could be your greatest strength. Yeah. And that's uh, so refreshing to hear because so many people must I mean, we talk about mm. fake it till you make it just kind of bury all of that and just you know it just, yeah. and and we're lucky in industry now that we have you know uh, it was mentioned on mark simon hughes's podcast around the industry it used to be it there's a lot of nepotism that existed you know a lot of people got <laughs> jobs either through clients or through you know friends and or you know somebody's you know somebody's nephew or niece you know and i think mm. you know the yeah, we mentioned the internet. Also, we're not going to be explaining it to aliens, but you know, yeah, it's it's all to play for now. And actually, exactly. you know, your I I call it your Eunice. Whatever you are, mm. can add value. And I think that's so. It really inspires. And I don't throw the word inspiring around a lot, but it is really inspiring. You know, particularly, I can't imagine what it must be for anybody starting out in their career now, and and mm. having all of these options I mean I mentioned apprenticeships earlier you know apprenticeships back in the day when I was coming out you, it was city and guilds and you were going to be a carpenter yeah. or a plumber and, and that was it yeah. and it was like well you go either go to college or university or you, mm. you get a job and you just kind of work it out from there so I think um, yes yeah, some, some really good stuff in there and that's 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 a solid advice to give to your your teenage self maybe you've done it already maybe you've <laughs> you've, you've invented the technology um so similar question is what do you wish you'd known when you were starting out so less about advice just what do you wish you'd known there's so much I wish I had known I'm almost wish I'd known where I would be today mm-hmm. but I kind of I wish I'd known that eventually everything works out and that I wish I had known more about my options as well rather than focusing on 
the traditional education route of university I wish I had always known and always sort of appreciated that there were so many more opportunities and that it's okay to be creative and not go through the university yeah there's a lot in there I think the um uh, I like that you talked about you know just it's the idea that it's gonna gonna be okay like it's okay yeah it, well it, yeah, it works out in the end you know again coming back exactly. to just be yourself be positive good things happen to good people um but I think then you've got the the real like tangible stuff around the options and mm. uh, and working for a creative company but you don't have to be traditionally creative but you're still creative right Let, let's kind of talk about the whole journey from you know education through to where you are now you know what's been the biggest learning for you biggest learning I'm there's so much I mean right I could take it in a figurative sense and be really philosophical or I could be really literal because I am learning on the job with an apprenticeship but I think my biggest kind of piece of learning or the the most learning I have done is kind of looking at the range of kind of skills and abilities and the range of um, just digital marketing in general. Um, I think taking it in that literal sense, being able to work on everything from SEO, search, and, search engine optimization, to copywriting and writing social media or looking at analytics and really understanding what has made a piece of content really successful or less successful has been brilliant to learn and it's really fascinating looking at the analytics of even a social media post because you're thinking wow I've reached 5,000 people say and they've all looked at this post but how many have actually interacted with it and why that's really interesting isn't it I, I like and it's such a range when you think about it isn't it I mean thank you for um uh, uh yeah it's explaining the acronym of seo because uh, a lot of people <laughs> just throw the acronym out and expect you to get it so thank you for that but yeah you get that real kind of technical side with the analytics and uh mm. like you say the measurements and then you've got exactly. just the act of pushing stuff out and the exciting stuff but i uh yeah you're mm. right i mean i used to assume that you know if you've got two thousand followers on twitter and you post something or yeah. two thousand people are going to go right seeing that thank you click and actually that's absolutely not the case if only that was the case right our, our job would be so much easier if it was um but yeah looking i've mentioned a lot about the creativity but digital marketing you've got the room for creativity and creating assets and content but then you've also got the technical and analytical side that has to be looked at you can't be successful if you ignore the analytics and the technical side of everything and i think that also translates into animation and vfx and games because you might be able to put something really beautiful together but you've then got to understand how you can put it together or how it's put together or what software you're using yeah yeah totally I, there's, there's a real kind of like beginning middle and end with that isn't there you've got all the kind of stuff that goes into it like you've talked about the behind mm. the curtain stuff and then you've just got in, the impact because you can do all that great work but mm. if you, it's not delivered in the right way oh it just exactly. or it's just or it's not any good then yeah. it doesn't have impact so i think um you've got that real balance i mean it's uh you're you're, you're making digital not that digital marketing uh, was ever not an attractive proposition but you're definitely making it attractive um it sounds like a really rich rich and interesting role um so what would you we're getting into the last few questions now steph um and what would mm. you change about our industry this will be the same for any industry but i would love to see more representation there's definitely been 
a growing trend of inclusion and representation across every industry, especially within animation and VFX. But seeing more more queer people or people of colour or queer people of colour um, be really, really successful. And even then, you don't have to be a CEO or uh, don't have to find or found your own studio to be successful. Um, and I think that's one of the great things about Access VFX is because you've got things like QVFX, which highlights queer people within the industry. It's about role models, isn't it? I've always found. Mm. Like we talk about um, one of our members and one of our board members, uh, so Nene Parto Summit, on the Access VFX board, and we are stripes mm. being a big yeah. part of the work we do. Um, it, it, they subscribe to the idea of see it be it so the idea that you know you, mm. and again you don't have to be on the elevated senior platform to be seen mm. and and it goes back to what i was saying earlier around um you know having having you on this podcast is about you know it's it's it more it's almost more aspirational but realistic <laughs> aspiration to yeah be an apprentice to be an intern to step into industry knowing that yeah you, know, you have a place and, and like we said oh you deserve to be there and um, you, you know, it, it would be a, a mistake to just uh, elevate, you know, creative directors all the time because that just mm. feels like it's a twenty-year <laughs> kind of yeah. journey, you know, and it's quite daunting and intimidating, like we said earlier. So, that's that's a, that's a great answer. Thank you, Steph. Um, so, right, the last two questions. These are the big ones. Now, are you ready? You got this? I think just yep. about. Okay. So, our next question is the industry advice. Question. So one thing we can do as a step towards a more inclusive and diverse industry. So you've mentioned representation already, but what's the one thing we can do as a step towards being more inclusive? I think kind of actively seeking to employ and uplift um, marginalised communities. I think if, if there isn't a direct focus on uplifting voices of people of colour or queer people of colour, then how can you expect them to be represented and it's it's an uphill battle for so many communities that if you're able to give this platform or an opportunity to someone why wouldn't you if someone's equally as talented why not i agree and i think the the the, the word to focus on there is the active is being active mm. in it it's not just about having lots of internal policies and ticking boxes and, yeah. and saying the right things it's actually you know creating real opportunities for people mm. and, and like you say platforms for people to to engage with with your 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 studio your company and, and yeah yeah getting stuff done right exactly it's one thing to say we're an inclusive employer and we do xyz or we support this mm. community but then you've kind of got to look at are you actively doing anything to support them totally i mean one of the things that used to grind my gears was um the the pride colors on logos companies that didn't really do a huge amount of active uh yeah. outreach um yeah pride washing as i call it yeah because <laughs> right. you're you're saying for the month of june yeah. we love the lgbt community yeah and then as soon as it's july 1st it's yeah doors what are closed. do you actually yeah. do yeah. yeah completely completely yeah 
That's great advice. And the final, we like to finish on the career advice question. So we've talked a lot about, about advice, advice you give yourself, advice, what you would have done differently, best advice you've received. Um, so we're going to finish with your nuggets of advice. And we've talked about, you know, they can only say no and, uh, and going for it. But what is the one nugget, golden nugget of advice for anyone trying to get into industry right now? What are you going to leave uh, our listeners with? Seize every single opportunity. I cannot stress that enough. If there is a talk or a webinar being hosted, watch it. Do your homework while you watch it, but just take every opportunity you have to network or to learn more about your industry or to further your own skills and talent. Because at the end of the day, that's how we progress and develop and grow within ourselves and our role is just through taking every single opportunity presented to you. I love that. I love that. And again, it's not just about um, turning up to networking events anymore, is it? Mm. It used to be the case, you know, come back yeah. with a, a bag full of business cards. It's about, <laughs> it's not, there's an element of that, but it, like you say, it's the event, the webinars, the yeah. you know, do your homework, ask questions on webinars so people kind of start to remember your name a bit. And, you know, exactly. start to just chip away at your own kind of personal brand within the, the, the industry you want to be part of. So I think that's a strong advice to finish on, Steph. Thank you. Thank you. Anything you want to plug before we, we say goodbye and let you get on with your day? First plug has to be go follow and interact with Blue Zoo on all our social media. Um, you, well done. <laughs> check out all of our work. Um, also, check out Access the Effects on social media. Um, I I personally have recently published an article for Transfer Awareness Week. Um, it's over on my LinkedIn. Search Steph Preston. You'll probably be able to find me. Mm -hmm. um, it's a topic that's close to my heart, and so I think it's it's a great read for not to toot my own horn, but it's a great read for learning more about uh, the struggles of the trans community and what we can do to support them. Um, yeah, I think that's my shameless plug. Well, nothing shameless about that plug. Thank you, Steph. Well, no. <laughs> Steph Preston, you've been brilliant. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for uh, spending a, an hour with us, Steph. It's been great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that was episode six, season two of the Access VFX podcast. We very much hope you enjoyed it. What a wonderful conversation we had with Steph. Before you go, a couple of things. Please go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, subscribe and leave us a review if you fancy it. And most importantly, please get involved with our Foundry-sponsored global e-mentoring program. If you're in the UK, USA, Canada, Australia, or New Zealand, you can sign up for free to get an industry mentor or be a mentor yourself to folks aspiring or just getting started in visual effects, animation, or games. Go to www.accessvfx.org forward slash mentors and go and change someone's life. Thank you, Steph, for being such a fantastic guest. Thanks to Tom Box for producing it and for the graphics. And of course, thanks to you for listening. Come and join me next week where we speak to another brilliant guest. Thanks again and have a very happy new year.